Minehead Baptist Church Sermon Podcast for Sunday the 26th of March 2023. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me. My name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This week, Tommy continued our series looking at a rhythm of life and he looked at resting and creating. The reading is Hebrews chapter 4 verses 1 to 13. But we'll start the service and we'll join Paul as he's doing some notices. Who hasn't, who hasn't put their clocks forward? Looks like several of the families actually, but... But nonetheless, it's really good to be with you and worship with you and just to spend some time with you. Um, and so if you do see, pe- see people wondering not, not to worry, in the next few minutes, I can see one or two of the families arriving now as well. So the next few minutes, people will filter in. Well, just a few notices for this week. Um, one or two just to sort of remind you of and update you on. The first is to say in terms of the notices themselves... If this week you have seen the fact that it says Tuesday 7pm church members meeting, it's wrong. It was last Tuesday. If you come this Tuesday at 7 o'clock, hallelujah, spend some time in prayer. But the reality is the notice should have been taken off. Our apologies about that. The church members meeting was last Tuesday at 7 The, uh, we come into the, this sort of Easter period and there are several things that are happening over this Easter period. The first is actually going to happen on this coming uh, Thursday. I'm going to ask Lorraine to come and share with you. Good morning, my church family. Good to see you all this morning. Um, Just to remind those who are coming to the craft evening on Thursday, it's 7 to 9.30. If you can get there um, as soon as you can, because I think there's a few bits to um, get in. We're looking forward to it. If you've got any greenery that you can bring along, that would be wonderful. And probably a pair of scissors, although we've got some. That would be great. We're looking forward to it. If you haven't put your name down and you're desperate to come, could you see me at the end of the service and I'll, I'll, I'll see if we can squeeze you in. All right, okay. Okay, and if you wanted some incentive to come, uh, the truth is Lorraine's asked me to make Mars bar cake for the event. So if you never know, don't know what, if you like Mars bars, trust me, you'll like Mars bar cake. Because basically, it is Mars bars. Okay. So come, if you come along on seven, uh, at 7 on uh, Thursday, you can certainly have some cake I've made. The following week, we enter Holy Week. We are going to hold a series of reflection breakfasts. We were going to hold them here, but that's proven to be logistically difficult. So we're going to hold them over Zoom each morning. Um, at 7.30, we've slightly altered the time. And that means two things. It means, actually, we hope many more can join us. And the details of that Zoom call are on the, the notices. And, of course, you can join us, as I know happened last year, with some of those folk that follow us on our YouTube channel from all over the place. So please feel free to join us, 7.30 each day. The details and the meeting ID and the passcode are on the notices. The only bad bit of news is you're going to have to provide your own breakfast. Okay, because we can't put breakfast through Zoom. We tried it with porridge once and it didn't work well. The following week is spring harvest. Um, Friends, thank you for those of you that already said you'll help with this. If you're able to help with spring harvest here this year, please feel free. You'll know many of you that that, that spring harvest uh, have closed uh, the day tickets uh, system, that we were operating with them. But they have generously said that we can live stream spring harvest here. So our plan is to live stream the celebrations and maybe some other events as well. We don't quite know what that will look like yet, but if you're able to help, can you let me know? And again, by next Sunday, we hope to have a flyer that tells you when we're able to stream and what we can stream. Uh, the two bits of, of family news. The first is to let you know that the funeral, the celebration service, sorry, of Ken Denman will be here on Thursday the 13th of April at 2 o'clock. That's here, Thursday the 13th at 2 o'clock. And the family asked if we could follow it with uh, the, some sort of simple tea and cake in the church hall. So if you're able to bake a cake for that day or able to help serve cake... Can you have a word with Lorraine after the service or drop her an email the next day or two and, and we'll, co- we'll get that together. 
And then it's always good to say wow and end with some positive family news. We're going to hear later from Jill with regards to some sense of testimony. It is true to say, dear church, that over his time here we have heard of Richard's exploits on the rugby field. We've heard of defeats. We've heard of tries scored. Yesterday, the Minehead Barbarians won. Okay. Richard scored two tries. And, and this was the score. The opposition got five. Minehead Barbarians got 75. <laughs> I think you can call that a trouncing. Oh, oh, yes. Okay. Someone's just handed me a jar. Um, and the jar says the Hope Centre on it. And on it, it also says, please fill me with any coins you have spare. Okay, if you want, like a jar, and Bev, hi Bev, Bev was the lady, if you're online and you want one from by the office, that came and gave me the jar. Then we'd love you to fill a jar with us. Just of those old bits of coin, because, <coughs> sorry? Yeah, yeah, agreed. So just to let you know what Bev said, she thinks she said, even those silly 5p pieces. What I think she also said was, even those £20 notes. Um, I might be wrong, but I think that's right. So, so can you fill one of those up for us? The Hope Centre, friends, does an amazing work amongst the most vulnerable group in our community. But it needs to be funded. We can't do this on our own. So a jar from you and a jar from me will make all the difference. If you want a jar later, please see Beth. It's great to worship the Lord, isn't it? Oh, hello. Just because you scored a try, it doesn't uh, two, mean... Two. Two. <laughs> uh, someone, a little birdie just come and told me some other news, some more family news. I believe we've got a birthday somewhere over there. Edward? Who's trying to hide? No? But any, any others? Life was one on Friday. Toby. It's Toby's birthday. 14th on the 15th. Was that... Oh, Yes. Remind me of your name. My brain is just... Jude. Jude. There we go. All right. Birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear life. And dear Happy birthday. It's lovely to share such good news for you, with you. If you go and see life later on, I just I want one of those jumpers. If anyone can knit me one, that would be really cool. The rain. Okay. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here. We might feel, be feeling a bit bleary-eyed, but um, it's good to be in his presence. It's good to be with our church family. And um, if we could take, just take a moment um, to quieten our hearts, as we um, come into his presence. But they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Soaring on wings like eagles. Soaring like Jesus, with Jesus. If we carry this picture with us uh, of an eagle flying high in the sky, hardly moving, in, carried along by the currents of the, of the thermals, just gliding back and forth effortlessly, high in the sky, leaving the turbulence down below. This word renew literally means to exchange it is an exchange of his supernatural strength in return for our weakness, an exchange for his uh, joy in place of our sadness. It's an exchange of all the riches of Christ in place of our poverty. So let's stand to sing, crown him with many crowns.
So Jill is going to share some of her story. It's always encouraging when um, we hear an answer to prayer, what happened this week or last week. And it, it's very, very real and relevant and reminds us of the kindness of God. Okay, Jill. Good morning. Can you hear? Hi. Good morning. Can you, can you hear me? Good. Yes, I, I just want to share something that experience I had recently. Um, it was two or three weeks ago, one evening, I was sitting in my lounge, and suddenly, in the silence, no warning, I was plunged into utter darkness, absolutely darkness, not a glimmer of light anywhere. Um, somehow I managed to get up and get to the door without falling over anything, open the door, and I was surprised to see out in the hall the, the light was on. So there was some light there. I thought, what's happened? It's not a power cut. But I checked, and it turned out there was no power anywhere in my house. I couldn't make a phone call. I couldn't make a hot drink. But there was... The, the top lights were on apart from in the lounge. I thought, what's this? I, I'm not into these things. And I, I looked in the meter cupboard and didn't make sense, so I <laughs> better leave it alone. Uh, anyway, eventually I, I, I went to bed, left the top light on so I could see when I got up in the night. And I thought, what am I going to do if... If it's like this in the morning, well, of course it was. It was just the same in the morning. There was no heating because although it's gas, you do need electric to, to start it up. It was a bitterly cold morning. In fact, it was that morning that we had all the snow. You remember that day when it snowed later? It wasn't snowing at that time, but it was, um, it was pretty cold. So I thought, well, who can I contact? I mean, I, I, I don't use mobile phones much, so it wasn't in use, but my normal phone I couldn't use. I thought, well, the people upstairs are away, so there's nobody above me, there's nobody one side, the house was empty, but there was just a family the other side. I thought, I'll have to somehow go round to them, lovely people. They probably know an electrician, and I can ask them, to ring for me. So about nine o'clock that morning, I went down my drive very, very gingerly. It was not icy at that moment, fortunately. Got to the pavement, then I got to walk down quite a way to the uh, driveway of my neighbour. But before I started, I looked the other way and I did a double take because I thought, am I dreaming? Two or three metres up, was a parked van and guess what it had written on the van <laughs> electrician <laughs> yes it was uh, setting up all repairs oh I thought I've never seen that there before how did that get there so I walked up the road looked in the window the, the van was empty Oh dear, I thought, now am I going to stay here till somebody returns or are they working in somebody's house? Can I go and knock around? So I was, it was too cold just to stay so I walked a little bit down and then I, I looked back and the rear lights had come on on the van so that meant in the minute or two that I turned they got back into, the, into their van. So I, uh, I rushed back as much as I can rush, banged on the passenger door just before they drove away. <laughs> so he stopped and came out, and I put him in the picture. I told him what happened. I said, would you at some stage be able to come and, you know, find out what's happened, you see? And he said, oh, well, I'll come straight away, he said. It might be very simple. So in he comes... <laughs> And he sort of checks, checks around. It wasn't that long. He said, I know what the problem is. It's your kettle. But I knew that 
my electric kettle, where you press a knob to make the lid come up, it had got jammed about a week or two before, but I could still use it because I could get the water in the uh, in in the uh, in the in the uh, front. But he said he thought that probably the wires had started breaking up inside, so it was dangerous, and I mustn't use it. So he took it out of the of the circuit and all the lights and power came on. So, oh, wonderful. But then, I don't know why he thought it, that there seemed to be some little glitch that he thought there was something else wrong in the circuit. So he called his boss, who came straight round, and um, they, they spent the best part of that morning, I don't know whether they didn't have any other work to do, but they spent the best part of the morning checking every single plug and point I got. They didn't find anything else, but they were really being so kind. The boss was saying, I'm really concerned about you being here on your own. He said, I'm going to give you my mobile phone number. I said, well, I can't use that if I have a problem. And, but I've got, um, as we're recommended to have, a non-digital phone that I normally have on the wall in the kitchen so that you can use. But it, it was a bit wobbly. It wasn't fitted properly, and I hadn't managed to use it the night before. So I told him this, and they got that. They sorted it out. They fitted it up. He gave me his mobile phone number. He said, now, if you have the slightest problem... Ring me and I'll come round straight away. And then um, he said, we've got to go now. And then I discovered that, um, I say it was snowing hard by this time, uh, that the, the, the young man with the van had only just parked there for a few minutes to drop his children off at school. That's why he'd been parked there. And it was just that second that I came along. And then they said, but they'd now got another message. They were shutting the school, so they got to go. But they said, we'll come back this afternoon and make sure you're still all right, which is what they did. And I haven't had any more problems with any electrics whatsoever. But I thought, how incredible. And what have I learned from this? Well, first of all, that I don't need to worry that I'm living on my own and my family are the other side of the country. Because I'm not on my own. The Lord's with me all the time. I know he is and I can feel his peace because I know he won't leave me or forsake me. He will be there for whatever I need. And then the other thing, they were just so kind. God sent two very kind, caring. I, I could almost feel God's love coming to me through them, you know. So I know his peace and his love. What an incredible God, I think. What an amazing God we have who loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us. But I... Uh, just thought might encourage you but you know if, if any of you here are having a tough time at the moment are struggling um, and you don't feel this God's there I think sometimes it goes on a long time you, d I, you don't know what's around the corner what's going to happen but I can assure you he is there he does understand exactly how you're feeling he knows um, what you need and you can trust him to keep his promises, and he will be there. Okay. Bless. Praise the Lord. Okay. Thank you, Jill. Thank you. If Alec would like to do the intercessions um, now for us. Thank you. Good morning. As, as I normally do when I do the intercessions, I'm going to go local, national, international. But today I want to concentrate on children and young people because, well, the, there's all kinds of needs amongst our children and young people. 
Um, so I want to pray for the church here. Pray for those that are out there teaching now. Pray for Tommy as he t- does more and more of the work. Pray for our local schools. There's been problems up at the college, we know. Um, but also there's good news, Exmoor Youth Project. Some of you have seen, have been in to some of the, one of the schools this week. Millie's been in with them, I think. I don't know if you've been in more than one day, but there is Christian contact into the, some of the schools. So let's just pray for the children of our church and the children of our town. <coughs> Lord, we just come before you this morning and we pray for the work that's going on right now, the teaching that's going on amongst our children and our youngsters this morning. We pray that you will bless those that are teaching them, that you will use them, that these children might come to know and trust the same Lord and Saviour that Jill has just been talking about. Lord, how wonderful to come to know you as a child and know you for life. And I just pray that you will bless the work among the children here. We pray for the work of the girls' brigade in the week. We pray for the work of the youth on on a Friday night. We pray for Tommy as he gets more and more involved and committed to working with them. We pray for your blessing. (coughs) And we do pray for the schools. We pray for wisdom for those that lead and run our schools. We pray for teachers and staff. And Lord, we do pray that there will be more openings for Christian input into the the college, the school pastors. We pray for the work that's going on at the last week and this coming week into the school with the Exmoor Youth Project we pray indeed Lord that there will be really good witness really good work amongst the children and we pray again for the parents the Christian parents in this church give them wisdom and blessing as they bring their children up we pray in Jesus name Amen then I want to pray for nationally, for children nationally. <clears throat> you can't help but read some of the stuff that's going on in our schools. Teaching recently, I read something, they were teaching, they were literally teaching that there are at least a hundred different, you know, sexes. You, there's not just he and she, there's 98 others in between. I mean, it's just ghastly what some of our children are being taught. On the other hand, <coughs> there are still hundreds and hundreds of schools that welcome in Christian teaching. We, we know of one young lady, she goes into four schools every week taking a presentation called Open the Book. Open the Book is used in many, many schools. There are still many, many people that are able to go in taking assemblies. Before I retired, I was doing three schools every month, going in, taking assemblies. So I want to pray for the impact of youth work and children's work in our country. You see, it's so easy to... Our attention goes to the negative, and the negative is horrible. But let's this morning put our attention on the positive, the Christian unions and the work that is going on. Lord, we come before you... And we pray for all of those who are seeking to uphold your standards and uphold you in our schools and our colleges. We pray, Lord, for Christian input. We pray for Christian unions. We pray, Lord, for open the book and the presentation of of Christian work and of, of Bible stories in our schools. We pray for those who have opportunity and go in to take assemblies. And we do pray, Lord, for every youth worker, Sunday school teacher, Lord, girls' brigade, boys' brigade, all these different organisations. We pray for every worker. We pray for your blessing. We pray, Lord, that the name of Jesus will be uplifted. We pray that you will be presented and the truths of your word will be presented. We are ashamed. ashamed Lord of so much that is said and taken into our schools but we come and we pray not just against the bad we pray for the good bless Lord the witness in our schools and colleges we pray in Jesus name
And then to think of international. The two things have been come to my notice, even this week. One's an organisation which I already have heard about before. It's called Be Free Cambodia. Be Free Cambodia helps teenage girls out of prostitution and provides somewhere for them to be helped and to be trained and to be prepared for life outside of that awful trade. So many youngsters are being just pulled into that kind of trade. And another one's called Comfort International. Comfort International works among the rescued child soldiers of Africa. It works in several. There are thousands of children who have been taken, girls taken into these, some of these groups and used as virtual sex slaves, boys taken in and at the age of 11, 12, 13 taught to use a gun and shoot in their so-called you know, efforts to overthrow governments and so on. And this organisation is reaching out to child soldiers. And the other obvious one is, we all know, I think, probably hundreds of Ukrainian children have been taken to Russia and placed in Russian homes, forcibly taken. And one little Russian girl this week, a 12-year-old Russian girl this week, she painted a picture which was against the war. She has been taken into an orphanage, a Russian orphanage, and her father imprisoned for daring to teach her child like that, his child like that. Let's pray. Lord, we pray. Lord, the children in many countries of this world face all kinds of terrible problems, have great needs. Lord, we pray for every organisation seeking to rescue children from the depths of degradation and poverty and need. We think, Lord, of this group that's trying to take girls and get girls and rescue young girls, teenage girls, girls as young as 12 and 13 being in forced prostitution. Lord, I know it's not only Cambodia that it happens, but I pray for that organisation. Lord, that they might see more rescued and brought to a living knowledge of you and being given the, the wherewithal to live good, upright lives. We pray for every effort to rescue and to help the child soldiers of so many of the African countries. We pray for this Comfort International, Lord, that you will bless their work. And we think of the many, many children forcibly taken from Ukraine. As Russia has taken over some of the areas of Ukraine, they've taken most of the children away forced them into Russian, some of them into Russian homes, literally forced adoption. Oh, Lord, we pray for these children, for your protection. We pray, Lord, that this awful, awful thing will stop, that there'd be no more. And that, Lord, there will come a time before long when these children are restored to their families. Oh, Lord, we pray again for every effort to help, to rescue, to provide. And Lord, we just come and think how your call was. Let the children come to me. And Lord, I just cry out to you this morning that through every effort of your people that children might come to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Alec. If we could continue our worship um, by singing Into Your Hands, if you'd like to stand. There'll be an opportunity... Um, for more open worship after singing this into your hands. A Sabbath rest for the people of God. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had.
the gospel preached to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. And on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. And again, in passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. It still remains that some will enter that rest. And those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. Therefore, God again set a certain day, calling it today. When a long time later he spoke through David, as was said before, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua has given them rest, God will not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Praise be to Lord, this is scripture. I'd like to pray for Tommy as that comes up. Thank you, Lord, that um, today, as I was looking out my bedroom window and I was looking at the daffodils in the garden, that they were being provided for by you, Lord. They've been given rain and sun and nutrients from you, Lord. So today, when I look at my daffodils that are inside, they've been cut from the ground and no longer provided for. But we know, Lord, that you are a provider and that you can teach us to provide for these flowers once more. Their roots may be cut, their seed may have grown, but sometimes our youngsters and our young people, even though they feel sometimes that they've been cut from a root, or they've been, they're suffering somehow, that they can be provided for by you, Lord, still after being cut from their, from their soil. So today we hope that, hope and pray that Tommy can bring us your word, Lord, this morning. And we know that you can still provide the water like you did in Chill's Kettle. Even though the space may be really, really small, still provide this water today. In your precious name. Just going to get some water. <laughs> I've always had a green IKEA cup. There's a picture of me like at three years old, and I have one of these cups. But they don't, but they don't make these IKEA cups anymore. So whenever I see one in the in the kitchen, I always grab one. Well, good morning, everyone. I don't know about you, but. Having the hour set forward one, <laughs> it's been making me think a lot about rest. Um, <laughs> tenuous link. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we, we've come to Hebrews chapter 4, and I'm, I've been asked to talk about rest and about creating. And, you know, the passage we read, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of a weird text. It's one of those texts that you read, and it's like, 
Okay, it's talking a lot about rest, about this, this people in the desert, they, they had rest. In the, they, they, they could have got rest in the wilderness, but they didn't. And because we believe in Jesus, in some sense, we enter into a rest. It talks a lot about rest. It, the passage I, I counted yesterday evening, it says rest or rested 11 times in the 13 verses. So this morning, I'm going to be talking about rest. <laughs> um, I'm going to be talking about rest. We're going to talk about what rest is meant, what they mean by rest in the passage, and then how it practically applies to our, our lives today. Um, so yeah, so we'll start from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands... Let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. And so, um, immediately, it, that's something that I notice, it says, therefore. And whenever you read therefore in a Bible passage, what it's saying is basically, what I'm about to say builds upon everything that's been said so far in the passage. And so obviously this is Hebrews chapter 4, and it's saying therefore in response to Hebrews 1 to 3. And so I'm going to just do a quick, very quick whistle-stop tour. Um, you know, in Hebrews 1 to 3, the greatness of Jesus is compared to, to all the other, char- uh, to other characters in the Bible. Um, if I was to sum up the message of Hebrews, it would be something like, you know, look how great Jesus is. Look how much better he is than others. This is who he is. This is what he's done. This is what he's going to do in your life. Therefore, have faith. Fix your eyes on him. Trust in him when things get tough. And so, you know, that's, yeah, so that's, that's what goes through my mind when I think of Hebrews. And so in Hebrews 1, it says that he is shown to be superior to the angels. Um, the, the author says, to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son? Today I have begotten you. Or to which of the angels... Uh, did God say you are to worship him? And so then in Hebrews chapter 2, it's shown how this, this God, son, the son of God, died and rose again for humans. He is truly human. He is truly God. And because he is truly human, he can relate to us human beings. He knows the suffering that we go through. He knows the the trials, the difficulties we face on, on an everyday basis because he went through suffering on our behalf. He's someone we can relate to as our friend, as our, as our brother, as our God, as our high priest. And then we get to Hebrews 3, the, the immediate context just before Hebrews chapter 4, <laughs> uh, where Jesus is compared to Moses. Now, in verses 5 and 6 of Hebrews 3, it says... Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his house, if indeed we hold fast to our confidence and our boasting in our hope. So what it's saying here is Moses, you know, he was a a faithful servant of God. But if we trust in Jesus... We are part of Jesus' household. And, um, and it's showing how Jesus... It's not saying that Moses is bad, but what it's saying is that all that Moses taught and all that the Old Testament taught was leading to Jesus. There's an excitement. And uh, uh, later on in Hebrews 3, um, it quotes from Psalm 95, and he says... Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and they saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they will not enter my rest. Hmm. This psalm that the author is quoting is referencing the Exodus story where Moses led the Israelites out of, well, God led Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt and into the wilderness. And, you know, it wasn't all light and dandy when they were in the wilderness. It was a, a tough time. And, and when, it, when the going got tough, 
the Israelites were unfaithful. The Israelites did not trust in God to be their provider. And so God says, they shall not enter my rest. Later, uh, the final verses of Hebrews 3, it says, For were the, who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt, led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter the rest because of their unbelief. Therefore, in Hebrews chapter 4, while the promise of entering this rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should have seemed to have failed to reach it. While Moses and the Israelites missed out on the rest because they did not trust in God, we instead should be cautious that we do not miss out on this rest that God has on offer to us. In verse 2 of Hebrews 4, it says, Good news came to us as it came to them. What, so did the, did the, did the Israelites hear the gospel? Did they hear Jesus <laughs> coming down and, and, and saying, repent of your sins? No, it's not the same gospel, not the same good news, but think of, think of it in the story of the Bible. There's the people of Israel are stuck in slavery in Egypt. Moses comes along. God does amazing miracles, brings them out of Egypt into the wilderness. He sets them free from slavery after the Passover. Similarly, Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took Passover and then he led his people out of slavery to sin. And now they're part of his family. And so the, the Israelites, they heard good news of God's salvation for them. Likewise, we heard good news. If, and we, if we're Christians, we respond to the good news of God and we trust in him, we believe in him. How are you guys doing? Is this, uh, is this all making sense? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good. All right. Thank you. It's just you're a very, very chill audience, and it's and I'm and, and I'm assuming that's because you're like, mm, yeah, as opposed to like drifting off. So you know, if I make a joke, feel free to laugh, and if you know, <laughs> you know, it's, I, I'm very. I like being encouraged by you guys. Anyhow, so the Israelites did not believe, and so they did not enter into the rest of God. Those who are followers of Jesus, says the author, will enter into this rest. If they believe in God. And so, in all that we've heard so far, there are two questions that come to mind for me. And I'm hoping they're questions that have sprung up for you as well. And those questions in my mind are, what does it mean to believe, to have faith? Because that, it's the belief that causes us to enter into that rest. And then, what is the rest? <laughs> you know, what, what does this word rest mean in, in the context of the passage? And then how does it apply to us today? So, I'll, get, I'll, I'll address the first one. What does it mean to believe and to have faith? Because, you know, it's a word that, bluntly speaking, we can chuck around a lot in, in the church. We can say, oh, have faith, believe, have faith. And, and we sometimes become too familiar with the word, you know? And so we kind of... Uh, become familiarized with it and it loses its power. So I just want to, I'll talk about that first and then I'll get on to what rest means. Um, and the, the image I was trying to think of was like, there is faith and then your faith is expressed by your faithfulness. Which is to say, you've, if you have faith, if you believe that Jesus is Lord, if you believe that Jesus is the one who died for you, who loves for you, who cares for you, it's going to lead to a an expression of your faithfulness through your behavior, through your lifestyle, through your actions. So basically, you can say the words, oh, I believe in Jesus, but people will know if you re really believe in Jesus or not by your word, by your actions, you know? And the image I have is, the example I have of like, you know, using words and saying things, but then you, it suddenly comes up that you don't believe the things you say. Um, the image I have is of 
me when I went ice climbing in Canada. And so uh, the, this, uh, I, in 2017, I went on a gap year to Canada, and we had the opportunity to go ice climbing. You know, we had, we, uh, we had like spiky shoes, we had ice picks, and, you know, we'd like hack into the wall uh, the, uh, of the frozen waterfall, and we'd climb up the side of this waterfall. And we, we had safety ropes, it wasn't just like... <laughs> we, but you know, the, you know the, one thing, the one thing that the leaders told us was like, Tommy, whatever happens, trust your ice picks. Because once they go into the wall, you can just hang there and it's fine. It will take the weight. And I was like, yeah, of course, yeah. I, 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 trust the, I trust the ice picks. You know, I believe that the ice picks will hold me. Of course they will. And then all my friends who were feeling a bit nervous, I was just, I don't know, I was trying to be a bit impressive and imply that I was cool and, and I could deal with the adrenaline rush and all that kind of stuff. I was like, yeah, I, I, trust the, I trust the ice picks. Of course I do. Then I start climbing. <laughs> and, and I'm like getting, I'm hacking up and then I'm kicking my feet into the, to the ice and I'm, I'm hanging there. And suddenly the ice under my feet gives way a little bit. And then so I'm like, and then like I'm holding onto my ice picks, and I'm like I'm frozen in place. No pun intended. I'm frozen into the frozen waterfall, um, and all of a sudden, everyone down there clearly could tell that I did not trust the ice picks. <laughs> and so you know, I, and my voice was like. Oh. Can I get down, please? <laughs> no, I was like, I didn't make the first. I, I got to go again later on and managed to do it the second time because I did trust the ice picks. But, you know, there was this, just being vulnerable, we go, like, I was saying one thing to my friends about what I believed, but my core beliefs, my core values were truly expressed through my actions. I did not trust the ice picks. Um, another example would be, you know, like, in terms of my, my, my patience, you know, I'd, now I try and convince myself, you know, I'm a patient guy, I, I'm very, you know, I'm able to, you know, be patient with people if they're being testing or trying, and, you know, uh, but there's one thing over the past year, there's one, there's, over the past one or two years, there's only been a few occasions where I've shouted out in anger, and that's when I'm playing, and it's, and, and it's, and it's when people interrupt the sermon, no, 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 it's not. <laughs> Patience. <laughs> Bless you, Roy. No, I'm, I'm joking. Patience. <laughs> God is good. We can we can we can laugh and enjoy each other's company in the in the house of God. <laughs> so, um, in the past two years, the, what, the there was one thing. There was only one thing that would actually make me shout with anger and lose my patience, and that was playing board games with my brothers. So, so you know, I'd. Whether it was Monopoly, you know, I'd land on Mayfair, or, you know, or we're playing Mario Kart on the Wii, or whatever. I would be just, yeah, I would just lose my cool. I'd be like, I'd be thinking to myself, yeah, Tommy, God's been working in you to make you a more patient man, to exhibit the fruit of patience. All of a sudden, Jojo, I would roll my double six and end up on Mayfair, and, and I would lose all my money, and I would flip out at Jojo or, or Jamie or whatever. I'm like, like, like mum gave you extra money because you, you couldn't play the game. And like, I'm just, yeah, I would lose my cool. So all of a sudden, my patience, which I said I believe, I believe I had patience, but, you know, the reality is my actions clearly showed I, that I needed to do some work. And it's an ongoing thing that I'll be working with for the rest of my life, most likely. Um, but God is good. And so, you know, we come to the Israelites in the desert, who they are referring to when they say they went into the wilderness. You know, the Israelites had just been saved by God. They'd just been taken out of Egypt. They went through the, the Dead Sea. They came out on the other side. They were saved. They were free. And they're like, oh God, you are amazing. You know, there is no other God like ours who made the heaven and the earths. You know, we, we put all our trust in him. We love him dearly. We, we, we serve him. You know, as for me and my house... I shall serve the Lord. That kind of stuff. But then, as, as some of us will already know, when they got into the wilderness, things got really testing for God really quickly. And, as in, they were testing his patience, but God, God is great. Um, so, you know, they, 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 they'd seen God do amazing miracles in Egypt. They'd seen him do all this wonderful stuff. 
Then they come into the promised land that God is promising to them. They see a bunch of giant people. And then all of a sudden they forget that God is the God who they trust. They said one thing with their words. But their core values didn't align with what they were saying. Their actions weren't aligned with what they were saying. So I guess it's when, when we're talking about belief in the context of this passage and what it's talking about, true belief is when your words align with your actions. You know, when, you know, I, can, I could say, you know, I love the Bible. You know, the Bible says that it's worth more than a thousand pieces of gold and silver in Psalm 119. And, you know, it's sweeter than the finest honey. And I could be like, yeah, I believe that. Of course I do. But then, if I truly believe that, do I reflect that in my actions where there doesn't go a day where I haven't read my Bible? Or I, I, I spend more days reading the Bible than I do watching Netflix or YouTube or whatever, whatever thing we have, you know? Like, do we actually reflect, our, reflect it in our actions? Do, do, we, do we love Jesus enough that we're unashamed to say that we do love Jesus to other people who maybe aren't Christian? You know, do we, yeah, so it's, it's faith aligning with actions. And so for, you, for people here this morning, it's like, do your words align with your actions? You know, oh, yes, I will pray for you. And then you watch Pointless and you, you forget to pray for them. You know, it's like, do our words align with our actions? Do we show true belief? Because this is the belief that, the author of Hebrews says that we as Christians, that if we enter into the rest, whatever that means, that is what, um, if we have belief, that, that we will enter into it. We'll enter into this rest. And so, going into verses 3 and 5, I'll, I'm going to speed up a bit here. But verses 3 and 5, uh, 3 to 5, it says, For we who have believed enter into that rest. As he, is, as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. I'm reading a different translation. Um, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Um, next verse. For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, um, and again in this place, they shall not enter my rest. So, there's a sense in which, okay, they, they had this rest, but this rest is on offer to us today. This rest that, that was offered to the Israelites is something we can have, because it's something that existed from the creation of the world. Um, for, all you, for, all, for, the, for the Bible nerds among us, um, if we go to the Genesis creation story, which this is referring to, days one to six, each day in the creation story ends with, and there was evening and there was morning the first day. Evening and morning the sixth day. Um, however, we get to the, the seventh day, the one that's quoted um, in Hebrews 4. God rested on the seventh day from all his works, and he blessed it as holy. It doesn't say that the day ended. Because the ideal is that when we trust in God, this Sabbath principle, this idea of rest, is something we can have access to right now. And um, so, yes, yeah, so how do, we, how do we come to this rest? You know, he says that he blessed the seventh day, made it holy. You know, for me, there's a sense in which God, in that, in that story, he's saying, you know, people who are in relationship with me, who are blessed by me, they don't need to earn my salvation. They don't need to earn my, my, my trust. They don't need to earn being in the family. You know, they can rest from the work of, 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 of having to earn salvation. Because if you believe and you're part of the family, that's enough. You know, you can rest and be part of the family. For, our, for those of us who might not be Christians in this, uh, in this building, you know, there's an offer here that... In the world, you know, we're not perfect, we mess up, and we, but God is offering to us a place of rest amongst his family, where we can enter into that rest now if we believe, if we actually 
trust in the Lord and believe with our words as well as our actions. God promises us that we can rest from having to earn perfect salvation and we rest by trusting and believing that God will take care of us through the highs and lows of life. And so if we go, go, uh, go from verse 6 onwards. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience, again he designates a certain day, saying in David, today, after such a long time, as it has been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. We go on. For if Joshua had given them rest, you know, if they had rest in the promised land, then he would not talk about another day afterwards. If we go on. There remains, therefore, a rest, a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. So there is this amazing amazing thing on offer for us. We are part of God's family if we believe. We enter into the rest because they didn't trust. The Israelites, they didn't trust in God. They didn't trust that, that God would provide for them, that God would sustain them. And so if they trust in other gods, they trusted in other means, they're not making themselves part of the family, part of the family where they can belong, where they can rest, where they can trust in God with everything. I mean, I love the story that was told earlier because it's a story of even when things get difficult, God will provide me with the rest, the assurance that I will be provided for. I'll be taken care of. And so it finishes in, uh, well, in verse 11, it says, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. I find it interesting. It's not just, because it's not, I don't want to say just as if, to, to belittle it. It's not just that we have salvation, you know. It's not just that we are in the, the, the family of God if we believe and trust in God with our words as well as our actions. But there is, there's a reason it quotes the Sabbath, uh, the, the Sabbath day of Genesis. There's a reason, because there's a sense in which when we have Sabbath days, and I, I'm someone who, Personally, I believe that we all need to have a day off in the week. I, I totally get, practically speaking, there are tri- tri- the trials and difficulties. But what God is saying here is, look, we are going to rebel against this idea in the world that we need to work all the time, that we need to constantly consume, that we need to constantly work if we're to, to survive. No, no, no. You take a day off where you cease from working, where you do that which you delight in, where, you, where you're with me, because that is you placing your trust, placing your faith in me, that I will take care of you, that I will provide for you. And so, you know, yeah, there's a sense in which this is, the Sabbath is something that exists for us today, where we are, we are, and that could be a different day for everyone. For me, it's a Saturday, uh, because that's the day where I don't have to, I say have, uh, I'm not, I don't have any obligations in the day, so I'll go to Passione Italiana, which is the little Italian bistro on the next to the coffee. I'll go there and I'll chill. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Um, Yeah, so I go there and I will sit and uh, and I'll chill and I'll I'll cease and I'll I'll read a psalm. I'll 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 enjoy a double espresso and a cornetto. You know, it's just like you know, I am half Italian, so there is there is that reason as well. But you know, I'm like ceasing. I'm like God, even though I've got assignments, even though I've got a preach I'm doing tomorrow, even though I've got things I'm doing, I'd show that I believe and I trust in you by, by, by ceasing for a day, you know? Because you say you commanded it, <laughs> you know? You commanded it. And, and we were like, do we, sh- do we trust God? Do we trust God to provide what we need and, and sustain us and supply for us if we take one day off, you know? A day, a day to cease. I mean, Jesus, he would go off by himself in the, in, the, in the quiet, solitary places. He would cease and be with his heavenly father. You know. And if God did it, how much more should we be thinking, okay, how am I expressing my faithfulness and trust to God by, by ceasing one day a week? You know, Because I'm not better than Jesus. 
So I, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try not to act like it by by thinking, oh, I, I don't need a day off. You know, I don't need to cease. And there's also a sense of enjoyment, of delight, of belonging, of excitement that comes from being in a place of stopping. You know, we, uh, you know, there's a there's an excitement to it because uh, I I get to cease. I get to rest. I get to rest with God. I get to I get to express through my actions that I trust in God. Um, that I trust that he'll provide everything else. Um, going back to the wilderness, there's a, there's a story of when they, they lack food and so God provides them with manna, which is like some sort of sweet bread. You know, some, we don't know what it really looks like, but God provides them with food. And then I think he says, don't take extra food on the, don't take food on the Sabbath day. Take extra food on the, on the, on the Friday and trust that I will provide for you. you know, it's that Sabbath principle of, do you trust that God will provide? Do you trust that God will sustain? Do you believe that Jesus is Lord? And so, so to bring it to a close, oh, well, I'll finish the, the, the final two verses of, of the passage. You know, for the, for the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So, you know, we're reading scripture. Hopefully this is making you think about some things, making you ponder in your heart, oh, maybe there's this area that I say I trust God with, but I don't fully trust God with. Um... Maybe, maybe, maybe there are some of you who aren't Christians at all, and this is something you're thinking about. You know, there's a sense in which, well, God has this Sabbath rest on offer for all of us, where we can trust him and, and, and be in fellowship with him, be in his family, where we don't have to earn our salvation because we trust in him for our salvation. And so, you know, the, the, the two question, I'll ask the two questions again. Is there any parts of your life that you think, that you're thinking, okay, my words here aren't aligning with my actions? And then secondly, are you putting things in place? You know, it says, let us make effort to enter into the rest. You know, are you putting things in place to ensure that you rest with God, that you, that you, that you profess your trust to God by resting, by saying, I don't need to work because I know God is providing everything I need. Yes. Let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that we have this rest on offer right now. That we can, we can trust in you, that we can trust in you with our words. But we pray that our words would align, align with our actions that we would grow in our love for you, that we would grow in our desire to be in relationship with you, to, to, to be part of your family, to be part of the church, to be um, brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and I pray for, for us who are feeling exhausted, who are feeling shattered, I pray that you would make, um, make way, Lord, for us to be able to have rest. Maybe we'll be able to rest in the knowledge that you love us, but we'll be able to also rest and cease from working as we desire to imitate you as you did on the, on the creation day, day number seven. Bring your blessing to us, Lord. Help us to align our words of our actions that we wouldn't harden our hearts as the, as the Israelites in the wilderness. And, um, and would you help us to experience true rest, a rest that comes from trusting you and that it will it will permeate into all of our all of our our weeks so that we feel rested and we trust in you and we, we trust in you for everything, Lord. Amen. So if this morning you are left thinking, well, what difference does all of that make anyway? If this morning you are struggling because your words and actions do not align, and you want but want this faith to be reality, not just confession, but life itself. If this morning you're saying, I hear your call, but how do I enter that rest? If any of those relate to you, can I invite you after the service to come and speak to myself or Tommy? And let's pray with you.
Let's journey with you, hear from you. It will be our privilege to do so. Do you know, the writer of Hebrews knows that reality and he sums up that divine reality for each of us in uh, the last few verses of this book. It's a blessing based upon creating and rest in peace. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 20 says this. May the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. To leave a comment, please go to mindhead-baptist.com slash sermons. Well, thank you once again for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.